Hello. Hello. I love how like we started like giving jazz hands. <laughs> exactly. First. The hands go up. That means we're ready to get started. We're ready to and podcast. Ready to talk about the Tony Awards. We, well, I hope you're ready to talk about the Tony Awards because I did watch them and yes. I even watched Act One with um that girl from Dancing with the Stars and that hot guy from um that show I used to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Great, we love, we love we love the girl from Dancing with the Stars and the guy from the hot guy from the show we used to watch. <laughs> right, um, I'm very proud of you for watching that act one Thank with me because I was like, oh, I can watch it by myself. But, like, but you were like, no, let me sit here and watch it with why you. Why like would a I, good friend? You were going to be here anyways because we're going to do the podcast out afterwards. Why would I be like, you just watch it on your computer and I'll like do other things around the house? That'd be so rude. Well, because sometimes you're a little rude. <laughs> <laughs> I am not rude, and I am a great host. I bet it would be easier for me to do that if we were still living together. Yes. Then it's like, oh, we're both in a shared space. Best of luck to you but it's like you're coming to my home I want to make sure you feel happy and comfortable I even got you water you did Ugh. and you got me food I did I you, mean you made me pay you for uh, it absolutely I did yeah I then moved you that $16 thank you let's, I'm not let's not forget I'm not made of money and I, did, I even left uh, the show the, the Tony Awards that we were watching to go across the street to pick it up while we weren't sure if Kimberly Akimbo's performance was going to happen yeah. so you missed the in memoriam section which I think is fine Angela Lansbury's <laughs> pissed but I'll forgive you <laughs> I hope that she forgives me as well from up in heaven I love you Angela <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to 2K Mats. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And we are sitting here, happy as clams, because we just watched a Tony Awards 2023. What what annual? What number annual? 67? Oh, God. I, don't, I, I totally uh, don't even know that. Oh, wow. Sometime in like the what? Like 40s? Okay. It start, I want to say 45. Great. It started. I'm going to throw that number out there. I then, love oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. Two, uh, 2006, I remember, was the 60th anniversary. Okay. And so let's do some math. 2016 uh -oh. was 70th. So this was the 77th? Wow. I love uh, that. Yeah, 77th. That's a lot Guys. of Tony Awards. Oh, no, 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 no. But then the COVID year, there wasn't one in 2020. So this was the 76th. Great. Oh my God. Thank God I caught that. I know. Thank God. Uh, so Matt Steele, how did you feel about the Tonys? Should we just dive into the Tony Awards? Do you want to talk about your week first? I do. All right. Well, how was your week? I let my hand heal. I got to take the the wrap off and like look at it and yes. like, take pictures of the gookie stitches and everything. Oh, it's are a very, they gookie? Th no, they weren't as gookie as I thought they would be. Good. Now actually it's a little dry, oh. but I'm like afraid to put moisturizer on it because I look it up and it's like, don't put moisturizer on like a well. surgical wound because <laughs> of like fragrances and all that stuff. And so it's like, I'm going to put moisturizer on it when the stitches come out, which that is sounds right. June 21st. Everyone say a prayer for me because I feel like that will hurt. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's getting a little dry, which I'm a little worried about, but it'll be fine. I'll survive. Um, it's, a, it's a smaller scar than I imagined. Great. Um, and uh, yeah, I also my one of my best friends, Fernando, came into town. Mm -hmm. He uh, played the game. Um, uh, pic she was on the show Pictionary game show with our friend Luis so that's okay. why he flew into town so I got to see him hang out with him we uh, I didn't know there was a Pictionary game show there hey there's a game show for everything I guess days. so and, and it's on some channel you've never heard of perfect but I'm sure it's a lovely show everyone check it out um, and uh, hung out with him like went to WeHo with him oh, and yeah. uh, we saw a movie together which we will talk about oh. and he spent the night uh, went, and I saw my friend Greg with him and we went to the to the beach I saw you on the beach with your shoes on yes because it was nighttime and it's yeah. cold right now it june is. gloom in la it's a is a thing and i'm not and like i don't want my feet to get dirty with sand Ugh. 
I just it just was a funny visual to see everyone's toes in the sand and you fully shoot. <laughs> Absolutely not. It was nighttime. Get out of here. I, you know my thoughts on the beach. All right. Yeah. And um, I don't know. That's pretty much what I did. What did you do? What did I do? Well, on Friday, uh, I stayed in because weirdly, right after last week's podcast, when I was like, "Oh, I think I'm getting better. Things are great," and like I'm out of the woods with my sickness. I don't know if I got sick again or if I never fully got well. But like during the week again, I was very sick. And I was like, how did this happen to me? So I was healing and feeling better by Friday, but I was like, okay, I would like to lay low. So me and Jackson stayed in and we watched The Bodyguard, which he had never seen. Oh, good and for like, y'all. Oh, what a great film. And I loved having that Whitney moment before we were going to LA Pride, which was on Saturday. We'll talk about it more later. But we were there to see Mariah. She was the Saturday headliner. Megan The Stallion headlined on the Friday. But uh, we also saw Vincent perform and Sasha Colby and King Princess, who was very interesting. It was King Princess's kind of like a rock act who's like kind of indie and does their own thing. I'm not sure how, you know, they identify, but uh, very cool sound, but it was like just a very different sound than Mariah. So uh-huh. they kept looking in the audience and being like, are you guys even having fun? Like, I get it. You're here for Mariah. I'm also here for Mariah. But like, please look like you're into it. I was like, I think you're doing great. You're doing great. You're, you're doing, doing great. great. I just don't there. know the songs. But there were some lesbians by us who loved her. Oh, And I'm I was sure. like, great. I, they were fans of King Princess in the audience. Absolutely. But we'll talk about Mariah's performance later on. But I, long and short of it, it was a great group. It was a great um set of a lot of people like like Vincent's set was great Sasha Colby's performance was lovely and Mariah's set was unbelievable so we'll talk, talk, talk about, about it about later I also have to say I um came up here and recorded a live reaction to oh, yes. uh, Janelle, Janelle Monae's new album The Age of Pleasure yes. which was very fun it's an excellent album if you yes. haven't checked it out absolutely do that and I also got to meet my friend Megan she just had a baby oh yeah congratulations so I got to meet her son Leander for the first time and that was very nice it's funny because she lives kind of near where you live. Okay. And so I came up that day yes. and then drove all the way back down to oh, my place. No. And then Matt Palmer texted me. She's like, hey, we're reacting to Janelle Monae's album. Yes. And I was like, okay, let me drive all the way back up. <laughs> That's, but it was worth it. Yes, it absolutely yeah. was worth it. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Matt Steele. Yes. Are you ready to walk the people through the Tony Awards? The Tony Awards, the writerless Tony Awards. Absolutely. Hosted by Ariana DeBose. Ariana DeBose. She opens the ceremony up with a script in front of her. She opens the script. There are no words. It's blank pieces of paper. It's true. So we decided, what are we going to do? Are we going to improvise like a, a, a comedic opening number? No, we're just going to dance. And it was honestly wonderful. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I thought it was great. I was actually really excited about it because I, you know, the past couple years I've been thinking, I'm just like, are there any mainstream celebrities now who are known for being dancers? Mm. Like, especially like Broadway celebrities right. who trickle into mainstream world. I mean, Ariana did more than trickle. She won an Academy Award. Yes. So the, the public knows her, but like, are there any like Broadway actors now under the age of Cheetah Rivera's age <laughs> <laughs> that are like known for specifically dancing? Dancing. I can't think of a one. I can't and, think of anybody. And especially ones that like, you know, the main public knows. So I think it's wonderful that Ariana is getting the platform that she's getting because she can be that. Like she's yes. a phenomenal dancer, a, a great performer. So I really loved the opening. I thought it was really clean and, and exciting and wordless. <laughs> yes. I actually <laughs> thought throughout the evening she did very well with yeah. the wordlessness as host. I felt like she was very comfortable and like her off the cuffness was nice. I loved the moment where she was trying to look at her arm to see who she was supposed to be introducing she's like you know what I can't read this so welcome whoever's about to walk on stage <laughs> and the presenters instead of like giving a whole speech of being like drama <laughs> intrigue right. all this stuff to introduce like whatever performance is coming next they were just like hi I'm Matthew Broderick <laughs> hi I'm Nathan Lane and this is whatever performance and it was kind of nice it was <laughs> nice honestly <laughs> yeah it, it, you know it brought us all back down to earth and yes. just be like hey you're all here to watch these performances um I mean I thought it was lovely. I mean, we were very excited that Kimberly Akimbo did very well. Where yes. Kimberly Akimbo stands here, Absolutely, won best score, it won best book, it won leading actress, featured actress in musical. Uh, it also won best musical. Very exciting for Jay Harrison Gee and uh, 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 Alex, Alex Newell. Newell. Oh being my gosh! The first two non-binary performers to win Tony Awards in the same year. Unbelievable! I yeah. love. Does that mean that no cisgender man won for a musical? Not this, for a musical. I mean, like this year they wrote right, but not for like. <laughs> Like the acting performances. performances. That's pretty yeah. excellent. And I just must say, the shocked performance was nice, but I have no idea why it was not just 
independently owned and full that I think that we want to show that it's a big splashy musical I loved that Tariq the corn kid opened the, the section it was adorable I loved that very much and I get it you want to show that it's more than just this song but this is so clearly the breakout moment of the show this is the song everyone knows people love Alex Newell they just won this award like just do independently owned and full the worst to me was honestly the little snippet of it we got was so short it was like 20 seconds of independently owned mm-hmm. where they really got to sing their face off but it was like but if we got the whole thing my heart would be full why why could they not make my heart full Matt Steele I understand fully why they did the group number I because all of the other musicals that were are you know big splashy musicals there's they weren't like the like raunchy musical comedy that they want to like sell not that Shuck seemed like raunch I mean well they talked about corn and poop so that's pretty <laughs> raunchy but like they I imagine they're like okay we need to target the audience that wants to see like the raunchier more um, uh, contemporary comedy show so I fully understand showcasing like the big you know group number and everything I think it could have started with uh, independently owned Mm -hmm. and led into the end of the corn sure uh song and everything I don't know if it had to do like starting with the corn number and then a tiny tiny little bit of independently owned and then go into it the big corn number again Um, but I do understand why um the big corn number was in there. Right. Um, and I have to say every, like not everyone, but like a bunch of people are saying, why did Kimberly Akimbo perform that number? I understand why Kimberly Akimbo performed I thought performed it was a number. cute choice. I don't dislike Anagram. It's not oh, my I, favorite I, I song. I think it's a wonderful song. But I think it's wonderful, absolutely adorable. Wonderful musical theater writing. But also it set itself apart from the other shows and being like, this is going to be a more intimate experience. Right. This is going to be a drama. Also, you don't have to know the context of what's happening to understand here are two teenagers who are falling in love. Right. So I think it was the easiest song for audiences to grasp onto. I imagine they were like, okay, Shucked is going to get the people who want the the funky comedy and everything. Some like it hot and New York, New York are going to get the people who want razzle dazzle dancing and everything. I And so Kimberly Akimba was like, okay, we want to sell to families. We want right. to sell to especially teenage girls. Mm. And that number, I think, could have sold, like, probably sold to some teenage girls. So I think I understand why they picked that song. Victoria Clark is just so great. She's unbelievable. <laughs> and I get, like, my favorite song in the show is better. Mm-hmm. And obviously Bonnie won earlier for her role, and that would be a big highlight. Um, and maybe they could have done a little bit of both, but, like, yeah. there's so little Victoria Clark in better. Like, it's all about Bonnie. Yeah. And it's kind of explicit. So it's yeah. like you'd have to edit the song and, yeah. like, not say certain words. And they're kind of, I guess they kind of figure, like, well, the people who want something explicit are going to see Shucked. Mm, I see that. You know? So so I understand. I And I thought it was lovely. I love a quieter and more intimate moment at the Tony Awards. Yes. Um, How'd you feel about the Sweeney Todd performance? They sounded so excellent. Sound but of course, when you have a professional singers singing that <laughs> fucking glorious music, yes. like, of course, it's going to sound amazing. Yes. The movement was something. <laughs> I feel like they were backstage and they were watching that performance of And Juliet and the cast was like, hey guys, I have an idea. <laughs> I don't think let's that's put, what happened. Let's put some popping and locking and jamming and breaking in there. I think it was there every time. I think it would have been very fun for all of you to see Matt Steele reacting to the choreo on stage. because like, what? What? You did not see that coming. I did not see that. Gone gone are the John Doyle days with just Patti LuPone and a tuba and all of them just (laughs) walking around passing a a coffin, which was the minimal (laughs) staging that was in the 2006 production of Sweeney Todd, which was very controversial. This Mm. is like the opposite of that. It's like, let's have everyone moving all the time. Uh, so that was very interesting. Absolutely. Um, and uh, uh, the one thing I will say about the Tony Awards. Yes. That I flipped my shit over. Yes. The fact that they showed acting clips. Yes. Not for every category, which no. was disappointing, I it guess. It was kind of odd. How did they choose which categories to show and which ones not to? I guess they to? figured like, oh, we're rushing on time right now, mm. like in this uh, chapter or whatever they call TV right. in between breaks or whatever. Um, but getting acting clips is so helpful and it entices people. Because I say this all the time, when people watch award shows and they haven't seen like what is being awarded, they have no connection to it. So if they see even just like a 10 second acting clip right. of someone just saying something, they are like, oh, that looked really good. Yeah. I'm rooting for this person or I'm rooting for this show or something like right. that. And I think there could have been a little bit more of that in when they were introducing musical numbers. Um, 
before like they would perform people would you know talk and be like I really loved working on this show because I love this person's work and blah 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 it's like I feel like all of them should have said and Kimberly Akimbo did this Mm -hmm. all of them should have said this is what the show's about (laughs) right because yes we love the the, the playwright who worked on this and everything and blah 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 but if you're trying to get asses in seats yes you gotta give them a log line so and so from Indiana who's taking a trip to New York in a month like doesn't care about whoever's words they want (laughs) to they want to see a plot that they can grasp onto Um, though I will say the shucks having the corn kid Oh, video brilliant. like was brilliant. was a great idea. It was just a great hook. They didn't need to give a plot. No, all they had was the hook, and it worked. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a lovely time. I love musical theater. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and theater in general. Yes. Yeah. How do you how do you feel as someone who was not as invested? I mean, I I was happy with the winners from afar. Like I wasn't um, familiar with some like it hot, but I feel like seeing that non-binary person win was very heartwarming, and the performance itself was very good. New York, New York. It seems like would have fans, you know, out there. I. I don't think I would have been one of them. Same for Camelot. These are shows that were like, oh, that's not for me and that's not for me. But like, best of luck to you both. I will say when the Camelot music was playing, I was just like, oh, I love the, lust, the lusty month of May. That's Camelot. A, that song is a banger. Camelot was giving me 1776. I love all, 1776. I know. And so any sort of like old timey like musical from that far back and that's like kind of historical or based on myth, mythic nonsense. It's like, okay, I don't need that. But... <laughs> I love it for some people, um, but I feel like the musicals that I was familiar with, I thought the performances were great. Even if they weren't the exact moments of the show that I would point out, it was just lovely to see them on the world stage because you know how I feel about Kimberly Akimbo. Like, yeah. truly, album of the year for she me. She goes hard for oh. Kimberly Akimbo. Oh. Like, y'all don't know. I mean, I just truly haven't listened to an album that much all year besides that. So uh, I enjoy it, it very much, and I just am going to listen to Independently Own on, on my own a lot since I didn't get the full performance. Tonight. Are you, are you going to perform it? Like, no, because I can't hit those notes at the end. <laughs> I mean, you can lower it, but put a cover of it on YouTube. I don't foresee that. <laughs> I don't God, foresee it's that. what the people want. What if there's a patron know. request for you to perform independently? That's on? not. How much would someone have to give? Uh, $150. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we jump into the news for idiots? Sure. Beyond just the Tonys? Well, we have some great news, guys. <laughs> Donald Trump's gotten indicted. Oh, speaking of idiots. (laughs) Speaking of idiots, apparently uh, former President Trump says he's been indicted in connection with his alleged mishandling of classified documents that were discovered last year at Mar-a-Lago. Have you seen those pictures of the documents just like in a -a Mar-a-Lago bathroom? The bathroom with a very big gross chandelier uh, in it. And they're just like all over the place. And like... From what I understand, it's like not even that there were just the boxes there. Whenever people would come and try to be like, oh, he has these documents, he would have aides move them from room to room, like actually like meaningfully avoiding them being returned to their rightful place. These are like the biggest secrets of the United States just out for people like Ramona Singer who visit Mar-a-Lago to see in the fucking bathroom. And didn't they discover that like one of the documents was about like some situation in Iran or something like that? Like girl and he's like showing classified documents about like how the United States would react in a wartime situation if we were attacked to just like un like just random people telling them like I know this is classified don't tell anyone I showed you this just like random civilians also it should be noted this is his second indictment absolutely it's a second indictment (laughs) this should be be noted and I believe he there are 37 counts I want to say oh that's a lot each of the counts has like five to ten years maximum prison time like he could be going to jail or prison for a very very long time and apparently the case here versus that former indictment is much much stronger like he's literally could be very fucked and so if there's any like we've given you a million reasons why you need to vote democrat but if obviously if he or if fucking DeSantis who was called a grand wizard earlier which made me pretty happy <laughs> if either of them wins the White House they're, they're pardoning this man guys so we must get Joe Biden and the term yeah I, I mean I, well I mean also the, th- the crazy thing is there's no law that prevents a sitting for president yes. from being in jail yes yeah. which is wild I just, it's just craziness. And the fact that this is really happening is very exciting for me. I will not rest happily until I see this man make a perp walk. I want him an all orange jumpsuit. Like, that is the happiest ending to this story, in my humble opinion. Wouldn't you say his skin is an, an orange jumpsuit? It is, but he needs the jumpsuit to match, babe. <laughs> he needs the jumpsuit to match. Lock him up. I, I just. I love good news. As Kamala Harris says in that very famous gif, I just love good news. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I feel. Fuck that guy. He's a a terror. Um, In other news, 
Taylor Swift broke up with that man, so please stop sending us emails about it. Yeah, we don't care. We're over we, it. The, the last thing we ever want to talk about is Matt Healy, and it seems like now we don't have to. Until we're... she puts out a song about it. Yes. And, and then, then we'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about then it. And we'll be like, ooh, we need the details. She also announced that the Speak Now Taylor's version, there are several songs from the vault, some called Electric Touch, uh, which features Fall Out Boy, and When Emma Falls in Love, I Can See You, Castles Crumbling, which features Haley Williams from Paramore, um, Foolish One, and Timeless. So... That's a lot of songs yeah. that we're getting. Not as long as Taylor's Red. No. Not Taylor's Red. That, that, that that's, was a lot that of songs. That was a lot. That was a lot that of was songs. was a long listen. And I just am excited to hear, you know how I feel about Speak Now. It was one of those you albums. You know how I feel about Speak Now. Absolutely. It was one of those albums that I was listening to on loop when I moved to LA. It is very nostalgic for me. I'm excited to hear what other things were ruminating in her mind and heart at that time. Because man, some of her best songs are on oh, that record. Hands down with Without a doubt, this is where you see Taylor Swift and you're like, all right, motherfucker. Absolutely. Like, you have talent. And it's all self-pinned because I think she had one bonus track if I were a movie or if, if it was a movie or something where she co-wrote one of those songs and she stuck it randomly on the tier, on the Fearless Taylor's version because mm-hmm. she wants to be able to say that this is all self-written. And that's fine. <laughs> Whatever she wants to do there. Uh, I just can't wait to hear what else was going on. And I, I can't wait to be mad that one of these new songs was replaced by Never Grow Up on the album, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, I abhor. You know what? Every every great masterpiece has its tiny flaws. It's true. It's we okay. had a whole video about it. Great albums with a bad song. I know. And so that that is that. I mean, first. we didn't talk about that song specifically. No, in I that think video. not. No shade to speak now, but as much as us on the whole, I love it very much. I would say there are more than one bad song on it. Okay, yeah, you're not a big Innocent fan. I'm not. Yeah, what I'm else not. do you know? Um, I think Haunted's fine. You always talk, I and, you know, and you never liked Back to December. That's so weird. Back December, to December's no, great. No. Haunted is great. No. Give okay, me a Dear John. Give uh, me a yes, Last of Kiss. Yes, there's a hierarchy. Give me an Enchanted. Like, yes. that's where I am. Okay, yes. All but right? like, you're, you're not different from most people. <laughs> like, I highly doubt anyone would say Back to December is better than Enchanted. I mean, there are people in our Discord that Stop say it. Back to December is better than Dear John. Like, Stop. That comes up a lot. And I'm like, guys, we must clean out our ears because clearly (laughs) there are clogs and I just, I worry about them. I worry about that. Uh, Did we hear that Khalees is supposedly dating Bill Murray? After a whirlwind romance. Hot. I think, you know, if everybody's happy and consenting, she is 43, he is 72. If everyone's happy and consenting, and he's no longer an asshole. Aren't there, like, reports <laughs> of him being, like, a fucking asshole on sets and things? I mean, I'm, he always seemed to me as sort of just like a a, a little curmudgeon. I where, just, it's, where it's like, some people probably find it endearing. Mm. Um, I don't know him personally, so who knows. But I just wonder why can't, you know, elder people be like the Steve Martins of the world? Just like sweet old guys who, you know, work with Selena Gomez and play banjo for Kelly Clarkson. Like, that's what you want in your old age. Everyone has a different temperament. I'm sure when we are both older people in many, many, many years and many decades, like, we will have different personalities. Yeah. Which, I mean, we do now. But like, (laughs) even more so, we'll be very extremes of ourselves. That's true. I foresee that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. A lot of stories lately about, like, the younger women with the older men. That's true. Some I mean, people love a rich old man. I get that. And I mean, 43 is not 19. So, no, like, Khalees yeah, is obviously yeah. making our decisions. There's nothing worrying about it. It just is like, where did they meet? Or where did this come from? It's a very random, yes. fun pair. It's like, uh, like the, I love like random couples where you're just like them and them like uh, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson and Maya Rudolph. Absolutely. It's just like, wait, what? I know. It's like Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft. It's like, wait, what? I know. Like, how did this happen? I but know, but I love it. I, one day, I hope we know. I hope someone in all of those couples writes a tell-all book one day and that we could just read and be like, how did this happen? That's what she's working on now. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I was actually just listening to some of her old music the other week. I think before this news dropped and like, Khalees has some great fucking songs. Like, oh. Caught Out There, Milkshake, obviously. That whole Tasty album is really good. I love Blindfold Me, her duet with Nas. It's just, she's got a lot of great music, so don't sleep on Khalees. Oh, she's also the one that, was she the one that was complaining about the Beyonce? She was. Oh, so she needs to date a rich guy because she just lost a lot of money because she's not on that Beyonce well, album she anymore. she wouldn't have gotten that money because the Neptunes wrote that song without her. Uh, so I think she was uh, just complaining because she felt like offended about it, but it was like, that's, I mean. Wow. I, to- to- I Now that you mentioned those details, I remember it now. I totally forgot the details of that <laughs> yes. situation. Because Milkshake was initially pitched to Britney Spears, which I was listening to it again. I was that like, would have oh, been sh- great. <laughs> it would have been really fucking amazing. Uh, Bossy is also a great song. Thank you, Jeff. Um, also, something that happened this week on the East Coast, which we didn't experience because we're West Coasters, but Canada 
was on fire. There were some, yeah. um, you know, uh, wildfires happening in Canada that floated into the East Coast. I think it, you know, New York City and um, was it Philadelphia even? Where oh, was yeah, your hometown? My whole family in Jersey, like, they those, were inside for two days. Those pictures were just so wild. It truly, I, I mean, there was a lot of people banging jokes that it was like doing, but it really did look like post-apocalyptic. Yeah. I just, I, I'm like, how... Often is this going to happen to all of us as the climate change gets worse and worse? Like, obviously, we've lived through days that were like, oh, stay inside. It's not safe to go outside. But like, that's not a fun place to be. Yeah. I remember the one day, was it 2021, where there were really bad fires that we kind of experienced something like that? Yeah. It's it's like always, I remember driving home maybe in 2018 from work and like seeing a wildfire on like on the side of the freeway on like the 405 as I was driving home from work. I was like, what is going? on here and now it's just like yeah that's just fire season like our one uh sarah's husband who listens to the podcast sometimes which is like one of our few straight listeners is a firefighter and i'm just like okay so wait if it's rain does that mean it's gonna be less bad about like fire he's like no what you really need is like a consistent rain because if it's very rainy and then very not then that's also bad and you're gonna be have more fires i was like oh Oh, (laughs) god so there's really just no way around it but well it seems to have been cleared up well, the, the smoke in the U.S. part. Right. The I, yeah. Yes. I hope everybody out there is just staying safe. And if you're told to stay inside, just stay inside. We don't know the long-term effect of all of this stuff. And we want to make sure everyone out there is staying safe. So we're just sending safety and good vibes to everyone out there. Um, your uh, group, the SAG-AFTRA, yeah. <laughs> your group has approved the strike uh, with authorization with a 97.91 yes vote. Yeah, and uh, I believe like 47% of members voted, which I was very surprised about because I was just like, "That's a, there are a lot of members. Yeah. So it'll be hard to get like a lot of people to vote, but like almost half of the members voted. Did you vote? Yeah, I did. Nice. Yes, I am a voter. Congratulations. I'm a voter. I voted yes. no. Just kidding. <laughs> I didn't. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, 97%. That's it's pretty high. I know. So uh, yeah, it's, I believe we needed like 75% of yeses to mm. like authorize it right. or something like that. I, I've heard a bunch of different numbers from yeah. various members of SAG and I was like, can someone give me like an official one? But it's fine. We're <laughs> The authorization passed. So... I- I know that our uh, contract is up June 30th, so if negotiations don't go as the union hopes, then right. who knows? So what happens if, you know, the Writers Guild goes on strike, SAG goes on strike, and, like, the Directors Guild goes on strike? Like, I assume at some point these executives have got to start making deals, yes? Like, sure, yes? yeah. And if not, then let's get another season of Big Brother and uh, cast <laughs> me in it. Thank you. <laughs> That or I hopefully this will funnel people to our uh, YouTube channel and the people need content the podcast because we have content and I promise you we don't write a word of it before no <laughs> it just all comes out so I don't I mean I'm it's worrying for me because I feel like we're just going to run out of shit to watch yeah. and that no one's I don't know I feel like I I would rather hear that steps have been taken on the writer's side that like oh they're coming closer to an agreement and I feel like that there are not that those kind of news stories aren't happening. You know? Yeah, but like, is that all that stuff kind of like private? Maybe it is. I don't know how it works. I just want someone to tell me it's going to be over soon. (laughs) Well, well, I do know that the directors are probably not going to strike. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think like things, the negotiations worked in their favor. Oh, good. Okay. Um, So we'll see, guys. All right. I'm nervous. Um, I just have to say this. Leanne from Little Mix is putting out a new song on Friday. It's called Don't Say Love. And coming from the teaser, it is a two-step Bop. And we know how I feel about two step. I, you know, I love Little Mix now after you guys have shoved them down our throats for so many years. And we got very into them and then they broke up. Um, but Leanne's amazing and I love that she's doing a two step sound. And part of me is like, should I make an album of two step music? But then it's like, People already compare me vocally to Craig David, and that's so that's so his thing. I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about it, but long the long and short of it is, I'm so excited that we're getting more two step music, at least out of the UK, even if it doesn't happen in the US. I just want new songs that I can put on a playlist next to Craig David, next to Daniel Benningfield, next to all of my two step kings from back in the day. Okay, well, is Craig David putting out a new album anytime soon? Uh. Probably. He put out an album kind of recently. Is it going to be two-step? I, I mean, it's kind of... He he was one of the people that really made it become mainstream. So I would imagine he's going to revisit the sound. All right, we'll put it out first. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Write it real quick. B-Day B was written in what? Hey, th- three days? I don't know. I have learned things that if you sound like someone else... Good things can happen to you because they really think you're someone else. And hopefully there'll be more news on that later. But that's the thing that I've learned in the past few weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. 
Um, last week, this happened before we recorded, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it and kind of forgot talking about it. Apparently, Tyler James Williams wants people to stop speculating on people's sexuality, and I liked what he said. He Apparently, people... I think he was at an actor's roundtable, and it was going around like, oh, we think he's gay. Look at how he's acting at this roundtable, blah, blah, blah. And on his Instagram story, he posted, usually I wouldn't address stuff like this, but I feel it uh, as a conversation is bigger than me. I'm not gay, but I think the culture of trying to find some kind of hidden trait or behavior that a closeted person let slip is very dangerous. Overanalyzing someone's behavior and attempt to catch them directly contributes to the anxiety a lot of queer and queer questioning people feel when they fear living in their truth. He goes on, but like that's essentially the point in the thesis statement. And I must say, it's beautifully written. And like, what an incredible ally. And I feel like we need to remember, because obviously everyone's like, wow, I'm so proud of him. And like, what an incredible thing he said, blah, 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 blah. But then in the next breath, we're like, oh my God, did you see Sean Mendez in his wrist? Yeah. And it's like, guys, <laughs> we just need to leave these kids and people alone and let them find themselves as they find themselves. And... Uh, this kind of reminds me of a cameo request we got recently. But if you think someone is gay, just let them come out to you. And if they don't, it's not your business. And if they do, don't say, I knew it all along. Just say, thank you for yeah, telling don't me. Don't say I knew it all along. It's just like... Even though sometimes you might know it all along. Even, but- <laughs> and that's the thing. If you, you know, if you want to be like talking amongst friends and be like, oh my God, I think he might be in like it's in a loving way, but like to publicly try to analyze people or like shame them into coming out or like when they actually come out to you, you having like, I always knew it because of the way you crossed your legs. It's just like, this is so aggressive and contributing to a negative stigma against queer and queer questioning people like Tyler James Williams said. Yeah. So leave everybody alone. Leave leave everybody alone. (laughs) Absolutely. Just let them live their lives. Right. And like, I get it. They're public figures, like blah, blah, blah. But like, still, like don't be that. And so of course people are going to talk about them. Yes. That's what happens. I get that. The social media of it all, people can post whatever they want. But the minute you want to like start posting something, think to yourself, like, am I really contributing anything valuable to this discourse? Exactly. And if you're not, maybe you don't need to post it. Exactly. just be that one less person. I think that's always the, thought that I'd like to get out there like you don't need to publicly post every thought you have and before you publicly post something you should think is this like am I is this going to be a positive thing I'm putting out into the world or does this contribute to misogyny or homophobia or like even in a way that you don't initially think about even if your heart's in the right place if you are contributing to oppressive systems just keep it to your fucking self. Yeah, and like the people, just in general, like if it's a positive or a negative thing, the people who need to post every single thought that they have in their <laughs> I head, know. honestly, like chances are your thoughts are not that special. <laughs> right, not that interesting, not that unique. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Hello? That's a, a great Casey Musgrave song. It is great. That's a great song. Oh, what a great album. A f- stunning one. A stunning one. Hocus Pocus 3 is in the works at Disney. All right. <laughs> did you watch the second one? I did. How'd you like it? It's cute. Great. Do you feel like a three is needed? No. Could you see a and three? I, I am a giant Hocus Pocus fan. Like, huge yes. Hocus Pocus stan. I will ride or die for that movie and everything. Yeah. The second one was cute. Yes. I think there was a little too much plot in mm. the movie. Like, okay. too many side characters. It didn't really feel like it had a focus. But I, I still thought it was very funny, very entertaining. The three of them are brilliant together right. um i don't know if a third one is needed especially so soon all right yeah but i mean i'll, I'll watch it <laughs> like i'll watch it Did the end of the second one feel like oh we're leaving the door open for a third uh i honestly don't remember the ending <laughs> <laughs> i think that's fair uh, did you see that your boyfriend, Pete Davidson, left a voicemail for PETA telling them to suck his dick? I never loved him more than I have <laughs> when I listened to that voicemail. I guess they were getting mad at him for getting like uh, by buying a dog that was like a specially bred dog because he's allergic and they didn't know that. And I guess they had also just lost a dog in their family. And so this was like a new dog to like bring some joy into the home. He was pissed. Yeah. He was pissed. Well, I mean, speaking of like, like think before you post something on social media, like make sure you have all the facts about something before you post and like villainize someone else. So good. I'm so you're still in Pete's corner. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I always support my friend. Yes. We love that for him. And, um, Oh, this is more bad news for the Marvel Universe, but Tanakh Huerta, who I believe is, he was the uh, villain in the Black Panther, the second Black Panther movie, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, has been accused of sexual assault by a Mexican saxophonist. Uh, this apparently is all happening on Twitter. I don't really know 
the full details. I don't believe he's been charged with anything at this point. But I mean, between this and Jonathan Bailey, no, not Jonathan. I always say his name, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan it's Majors. Like the Majors, like the Marvel people, need to do background checks. Like I feel like we need to make sure. And Ezra Miller, the and, DC people need to do the background checks too. Yes, if you're going to be hired as a superhero, who, there needs to be someone whose job is specifically like looking in the background of these superheroes <laughs> once they've been cast, because this is too regular an occurrence. The superheroes are not all right. They're really not. They're really not. So yeah. Matt Steele, is yeah. there any other news for idiots you'd like to share with the people? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more Two Gay Matts, the podcast. We're back. We're back. And listen to this commercial. Oh, yes, this is a commercial that's telling you if you like this podcast, if you like listening to us on in your podcatcher or watching us on YouTube, please do us a favor. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find Two Gay Mats, the podcast, and give us five stars. You can actually leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It does so much to help us out. It helps us in the algorithm. We want as many people to hear this podcast that we love making for you. So do us a solid and give us five stars when you get a chance. Now. Now. Now, not when you get a chance. Oh, now. I thought you were going to go into the next segment. I was like, yeah, now. Oh, well, well now <laughs> yes, we're we on to email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com. Two is spelled T-W-O. Yes. The first question comes to us from... Taylor Swift. Oh, Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) A couple weeks ago, this person with the email that just says Taylor Swift emailed us and we were like, could it be the real Taylor Swift? We didn't answer this one already? No, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Excuse me. And and, uh, we were like, is this the real Taylor Swift? Uh, She emailed us to tell us it is not the real Taylor Swift. That sounds right. (laughs) But it's okay. Uh, welcome to New York edition. Hi, Matt. Love the podcast. I love listening to it in between breaks while I do my voice checks for my Eras tour. I will always make time for you. Oh, yeah. This is acting. This is Taylor acting. Uh, so I just got to New York for the first time ever. Clearly, I'm not the real Taylor Swift, <laughs> but I made this when I was younger and I'm obsessed. So, yep. Uh, and I'm looking for food recommendations, specifically pizza and bagels, plus whatever else you got. Mm. I am near the Upper East Side, so you can provide the best recs. I will also be walking the infamous Cornelia Street while I am here. Oh. Please help me make the best New York trip ever. Thank you. I listen to your podcast while I am on the subway or walking the streets of New York. Best, Taylor Swift. That's so nice. P.S. I heard you aren't the biggest fans of my album, Folklore. Hmm. Mm. Anything I can do to change your mind? JK, I understand it isn't for everyone. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) What Um, what could folklore have that would make you like it a little more? I'd rather answer the other question about the pizza. (laughs) Because this is not in the Upper East Side, but I believe it is still around. When I was at NYU, my favorite pizza place was called Patsy's. Mm. I feel like it was in like Union Square Park area, like near 14th Street. And it just had a really good, a really good just cheese plain, whatever plain, we're calling plain, it. Plain, plain. And it was very good and not terribly expensive. If it was, you know, if I could afford it as a college student, it's not crazy expensive. And I've never gotten something bad there. Patsy's would be my recommendation. Yeah, uh, Taylor Swift. When you go, where, I don't know where you're from, but like, if you go into a pizza place, don't call it cheese. Oh my call god! Call it plain, or else they will kick you out. You can call it cheese. No <laughs> one's gonna kick you out. Um. So I used to actually live on the Upper East Side. My junior year of college, my apartment was like on a 77th Street. Oh, or I didn't know that. 78th in between First and Second Avenues. And let me tell you, I never ate out up there. So I have no idea what restaurants are down th- are up there. So I'm so sorry, Taylor Swift, but I'm going to give you some other pizza places. Do it. Um, so th- of course I sh- I'm sure you will be in times square at some point. John's pizza in times square is excellent. And if people are like, Oh, don't go to times square. <laughs> shut up. John's pizza in times square is great. There's also another John's pizza in times square, uh, in the West village. Mm. Uh, and which is where Cornelia street is, right? It's close to there. So there's a John's pizza in the West village. There is also in the East village, a place called artichoke pizza. Mm. And you know me about pizza. I'm very much like, don't give me anything fucking weird. Don't give me nothing crazy. Do you not do pineapple? No, I like a good slice of plain, maybe pepperoni if I'm feeling a little spicy. I love that pineapple. is all you need. If pizza is truly great, it doesn't need anything else. However, the, this place at artichoke pizza has pizza that is like, 
it's like a spinach artichoke cheese dip on a pizza, which like I went into thinking, oh, this is ridiculous. This is some like West Coast horse shit oh that they God. created. This is not Italian, authentic Italian pizza. Oh gosh. This is not real. But when I tell you that pizza fucks, <laughs> oh all you need is a slice because it's like huge. Like one slice is huge I, and it fills you the fuck up. But it is it is divine. I have like never, it's a religious experience. I never thought I would hear the phrase that pizza fucks oh. <laughs> on this podcast or elsewhere. Yeah. It's but a shock. Don't go hear. if you're if you want like real pizza, go if you want something different. Yeah. It's don't and don't go if you have bad acid reflux. <laughs> so that's what I'm gonna tell you. Because, and and go when you're hungry. Okay. Uh, when it comes to bagels, girl, get a bagel from anywhere. Yeah, it's great. I've never had a bad bagel. Just go yeah. wherever you go and get your bagel. Yeah, get exactly. cream cheese on it. And at Taylor Swift, go see a Broadway show. The Tony Awards just happened. That's so true. I hope you make that part of your New York experience. Billy Akimbo is waiting for you. Yeah. And also I like, it's been over a decade since either of us have lived in New York. So hopefully these places are still open. I know. I think I had uh, Jackson's sister was going to New York and I looked up if Patsy's was still open. And okay. it is. I'm pretty sure John's in Times Square is still open because I would have heard if it closed. Yeah. Uh, but good luck out there. Taylor Swift. Have a great time. Yes. Uh, next question comes to us from Amy. And Amy Amy just says, Vanderpump Rules recap, please. (laughs) Hi, Matt Squared. Matt Palmer, I apologize, but I still haven't watched Vanderpump Rules. However, your recaps of this whole scandal incident has been excellent. So I was hoping you could do a full recap of the reunion show (laughs) and what we need to know about how it all wrapped up. I've seen clips on TikTok, so I'm not starting from scratch. But your other recaps in the podcast, whether it's your giving me moments or a part of news for stupid people, have been super helpful. That's much kinder than news for Yes, I like that. <laughs> the more details, the better. You are an excellent storyteller, that's, by the way. Thank you, best Amy. That's very kind, Amy. I will say it's harder to recap reunion episodes because they're truly just like sitting there discussing and like it's hard to remember how like the order of operations. But if you're out there, you're not caught up on Vanderpump Rules. We have a couple of people in the Discord who are starting from the beginning. This is going to be very spoiler full, so make sure to skip over this section. But okay, we're sitting down at the reunion. Uh, the whole cast is there. It begins with Sheena uh, on set and not Raquel. Raquel is back a hundred yards away because they have a restore. Raquel has a restraining order against Sheena, and so Raquel is watching the beginning two parts of the reunion from a trailer and like making faces. Like essentially, it's like there's nothing going on in her head. They're uh-huh. all talking about how their friend group, their friend group has imploded. How Ariana's life has exploded because of what Raquel did, and Sheena's like. I can bear, like, I break down in front of my child because of this legal situation and my child has cried and hyperventilated and, like, this has caused such a disturbance in my life. I can't believe this. And Raquel's just looking, watching this all happen, stone-faced, putting on her shoes, buckling her shoes and being like, man, maybe I should have, like, written her a note. (laughs) Just, like, truly emotionless. Tom Sandoval maintains being the worst human being alive. He, instead of coming in like pretty contrite and being like, I fucked up, I really messed up and have done such horrible things. He's trying to make excuses for himself all three episodes. At the third episode, he says this horrible thing at one point when they're trying to get the timeline straight of like, okay, did you sleep with anyone else while you were sleeping with Raquel? Like, did you have other girls that you were sleeping with? That's a great question that I I can't believe no one's asked until now. And Tom Sandoval was like, no. And Ariana pops in and was like, well, I can tell you someone he was sleeping with since uh, he was sleeping with Raquel? Me. And Tom Sandoval says, quote, yeah, and she wore a t-shirt. It was so hot. So it's like, you're just digging yourself even deeper. Like, every person in the world, every woman who's had sex, and like, Ariana has documented body image issues. And the fact that he is going to throw that in her face as if like, well, see, Raquel's sexy, and she is, you know, will not have a problem with us having sex however I wanted. It's just like, Go fuck yourself. And also that's beside the point. It's completely beside the point. Like, who cares? Like, so I will say one thing. It was, the whole thing was hard to watch. Tom Schwartz looks like an idiot because he's like kind of standing up for Tom Sandoval, basically until that moment. And when Tom Sandoval said the t-shirt thing, even Schwartz was like, dude, don't say that. Like, don't, like, please don't blame her. And he has since said he is like taking a break from their friendship, which is amazing. Um, I will say... Raquel got on stage in the last episode, walked on. And I will say the left side of the room, which was obviously Ariana, Katie, James and Lala especially, said truly horrible things to Raquel that like, in my opinion, she she earned those things. Like she was doing awful stuff. And there's a little bit of people online being like, oh my God, Ariana was so mean to Raquel. It's like, guys, 
I get that what the words are mean, but like her words are not as mean as what she like what Raquel did to her. Um, but Raquel took it. Raquel took it like a fucking shampoo. And, sh- and Ariana's like, you are subhuman. You are lower than low. You don't deserve to look at me. You, I-, I will never be your friend. I will never forgive you. And she and Raquel's like, you're absolutely right. And you're like, you shouldn't. Like, And the thing is, Tom Sandoval would always try to make an excuse or make something else happen. And Raquel just kind of took it in a way that I was like, okay, good. Like, that's what you do when you've sure. done something shitty. Just say, I'm so sorry and kind of take it. Um, and then at the last five minutes of the reunion, because the whole time Tom's argument was like, we only slept together once while we were filming. And then we stopped sleeping together all throughout the rest of the season. And like, maybe it picked back up after filming wrapped, but like it only happened once. It only happened once. Mm-hmm. He said this the whole time. Uh, there's also a lot of discussion of like, oh, was Tom Sandoval coaching Raquel on what to say at this reunion? Uh-huh. The last five minutes of the episode, Raquel comes in to do her final interviews for the season. I assume just for that final episode that they filmed back in March and sits down and the producer's like, okay, Raquel, you, it seems like you have to get some stuff off your chest. And she's like, yes, um, I was told Tom wanted to continue to lie about certain things at the reunion and I hate lying and so I would like to come clean and like tell the truth about the timeline details. Oh, in the last couple minutes? In the last minutes. And she's doing it all by herself and she's just like, uh, it was a regular thing after we first slept together. We slept together at Sheena's wedding and uh, that time Ariana was out of town for her grandmother's funeral. I slept with him at his house and I like slept like we went to the jacuzzi and I, it's and she like is breaking down. It's like I know it's such a bad look. And Tom wanted us to lie about these specific things. Like I did. Like she ends up telling the truth about she did go to uh, St. Louis to visit his family over that Christmas while he was still with Ariana. Like she's just like we have been lying for so much of this that I just I she's breaking down and being honest about the timeline and truly stabbing Sandoval in the back. Yeah. Because all he had his only leg to stand on was her like corroborating his lies. But she's like I just have felt that I have no one and I'm so isolated and I feel like if I betray him then I will really have no one but I just I hate lying so much that I just have to get it out and I have to tell the truth and who knows if this was all a PR stunt to get everyone more mad at him but like the words she was using and the way she was explaining it was like this person as awful as she did she made her decisions she made her bed and should lie in it but she also was kind of a victim of him too you know what I mean like she he really isolated her and like made her believe the only way that you are going to get out of this is by doing exactly what I tell you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she broke out of that, it's like, okay, I don't forgive you, but I under, I think you're in a better position going forward with this group of people than Tom Sandoval is. I just don't know how he comes back from this. If there were rumors that they were still together, they're definitely not now. I feel like he's so pissed after seeing that. And that's how the season ended. Okay, it ends with honesty. It ends with honesty. And that's how it all should end. Because honesty is all we have in this life. <laughs> it's the best policy, they say. They say. Uh, well, Amy, I, I hope you're ready for the Big Brother recap. So when Big Brother starts in I know. August. I'm sad that the season's over. It really felt like Vanderpump had become so important to me again and for so many other people. And it was a tough ending. But And maybe it's just it's time for a break. It's time for a break. I'm. I think it's time for a, a scandal break as well. I think so too. Matt Steele. <laughs> yes. What has been giving you moments, darling? Uh, so as I said earlier, my wonderful friend Fernando and I went to the cinema on Wednesday, and yes. it was very fitting. I went with him because we always joke about how, like, because he used to live in LA and he moved to Austin, and I'm mm. always like, "Baby, remember when you left me?" <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, and so we saw an amazing movie. Okay. That. Only has come out in L.A. like the past week, week and a half and everything and is going wide. Oh, I believe the 23rd of June, maybe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Whatever. Google it. You'll find it. It is a movie called Past Lives and it is an A24 release. It is written and directed by a woman named Celine Song and it is about a... a, a Young girl starts off in the late 90s, mm-hmm. uh, a young girl and this boy, I think they're probably like 12 years old. Okay. They're living in Korea and they are a little boyfriend and girlfriend and their relationship is very cute. They obviously have such a huge crush on each other. They get along so well. Their parents like set them up to go on a date or whatever. Um, and uh, it starts off with the her parents saying like, we're moving to Canada soon. Okay. So we're going to have them go on a date and everything. So this girl with this boyfriend moves to Canada and leaves her whole life in Korea behind. And oh then it, uh, I mean, spoilers for those who don't want to hear, but it flash forwards like 
10, about 10 years or 12 years when they're in college and they reconnect on Facebook mm. and there's a little uh, sequence involving that. And then 12 years after that, he comes to America um, essentially to see her. And it's about sort of like, and she at this point is married right. with a husband living in New York City and everything. And it's just about like reconnecting with your past and that like age old question that you always have when you reach a certain age, especially when you're sitting in your mid thirties age yes. of just like, what if the tiniest thing was different? Right. Like, would I be happier? Like all that, that stuff. And this movie is fucking astronomically good wow. <laughs> like like the writing and the direction the performances this is Celine Dion's uh, Celine Dion I was Celine Dion. oh my god I didn't know she was involved this is Celine Song's first movie she's ever directed first anything she's ever directed she has no like shorts before then I was, I was looking at uh, like screenshots of an interview she did um uh where they're talking, they're just like, you don't have any previous work and everything. Like, did you, how did you pitch this to A24? Like, did you have a proof of concept? Did you have like, a, what did you have? And she was just like, I just had a good script. And it's like, <laughs> oh, bitch, yes. And A24 was like, yes, we'll give you funding and full theatrical distribution. Good for her. The performances are so phenomenal. Greta Lee, who is the lead, is excellent. She needs an Oscar nomination. There is a moment in the end and I'm not going to spoil it, okay. but th the final moment is kind of like a, a longish, you know, shot essentially that's broken up into like a couple other shots, but mm -hmm. one shot essentially that is all in a wide and the acting that this woman does in a fucking full bodied wide shot is so great and so moving and so cathartic and so just just what happens in the shot. It's not like anything insane happens, but right. just the simplest thing she does at the end of the shot just felt so like it, it was like a sucker punch to my heart. Like mm. I was, I was not expecting it. And, but then at the same time I was like, but of course this is ha what happens. Like I, I can't stop thinking about that scene. I can't stop thinking about this movie. The performance of the guy who plays her Korean, like middle school boyfriend, yeah. Tao Yu is the perfect man. <laughs> Like he is so sweet and and vulnerable the entire time, and he's this sort of he's like a you know a big strapping guy. Yeah. You know, my friend Fernando next to me was whispering in my ear the whole time, just like he's so fucking hot. <laughs> like he's like a big strapping guy, but he's just so just. I'm not going to say broken, but just like you can tell he is the character is it feels so lost in this particular point in his life. Mm. Also, the guy, uh, John uh, Magaro, who plays or Majaro, I don't know, who okay. plays her husband. Excellent, excellent performances. These they are all so good. I like I can't stop thinking about it. Wow. And I, what I loved about it was just like the simplicity of 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 the characters. Like you don't go too deep into like specifics like nitty gritties of these like like and that that I feel like kind of gives a great universality to them and it's like all you need is like what they are saying in those moments right and it's just so beautifully poetic without being feeling forced or mm. anything I I cannot recommend this movie enough please 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 go see it like I you know when we got out I was like oh I loved that that was so moving but as the days have gone on I'm just like no this was Really fantastic! Wow. Like I can't stop thinking about it. I want to see it again. I loved it. Do you think I, I would it. like it? Yeah, I think you. Wow. Would. Okay. Uh, and, and just like where all these people are at in their lives, very much you know resonates with me. Yes. <laughs> and and I, I was I I was just in love with it. It's, wow. It's so 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 good. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm so I'm so excited to see it again. I, I hope I get to see uh, it. And the entire time, the people around us at the theater were probably like, "What the fuck is up with these gays?" Because <laughs> me and Fernando, like every five minutes, would turn to each other and be like. Like, baby, it's us. Oh my God. I hope you did it quietly. Because when I was watching Little Mermaid and the Gen Z people by us were talking, I was like, if you don't shut the fuck up, we're at the movies. We're at the movies. We're at the movies. I know. I know. So for me, I must say, going to see Mariah perform at Pride LA was such an incredible experience. My favorite thing about, I've seen Mariah 
a number of times uh-huh. at this point. But my favorite thing about shows like when I went to see her during Christmas and she did her Christmas show in Vegas versus and like this LA Pride thing is like I'm really getting such a different set list versus like, you know, a regular Mariah Carey concert or even number one to infinity. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a specialized thing for the gays. It's, you know, I was walking in hoping that I was like, if we just get some dance mixes, I we went around because it was like a bunch of lambs and Jackson. It was me, <laughs> my friend Rory, who has been on this podcast. We've been on his podcast. He's a big Mariah fan. Our friend Matt Bridges, who loves Mariah, but Matt Bridges' uh, boyfriend, Rudy, bigger Mariah fan, like just huge lambs. So we were all going around being like, okay, if you could pick one song for Mariah to perform tonight, what would you pick? And I said, Fantasy the Deaf Club remix. <laughs> And guess what she fucking performed? Oh, good for you. She, the thing is, she performed so many like clips or parts of these dance mixes that are such a huge part of her legacy that people don't talk as much about because obviously people want to hear the hits. People want to hear like fantasy and you know, always been my baby and like we belong together and like we heard all those except not always been my baby, which was weird. But uh, he, the fact that like the dream lover dance mix back in 1993, she completely reimagined this song in like a darker 10 minute extended dance mix that was completely resung like that was the huge big dance hit of the time that in like the gay clubs was a huge thing for her and she was like okay great this is a different hit on a different kind of chart where people don't really hear me I can go in the studio and just have fun and express myself vocally over these like never ending dance tracks and so she would always do it she would hook up with usually David Morales but like sometimes other producers like Junior Vasquez Hex Hector and a lot of times just re-sing the songs and so she's getting on stage singing like versions of the Honey Classic mix which again is 10 minutes long <laughs> singing parts of Heartbreaker slash If You Should Ever Be Lonely which is the uh, Junior Vasquez dance mix that came out in 99 that was the one that I you know was part of the five track Heartbreaker single that I played on the bus uh-huh. <laughs> and she did the Dream Lover she did Fantasy she did Heartbreaker she did Emotions had the dance mix portion played the My All dance mix portion was played it just was like exactly what I wanted she did all of It's a Rap because she's like, hey, it went viral. Like She's like, look at all these TikToks <laughs> that you guys made. I don't it's know what rap. TikToks are, but look at all of them. But I'll perform all of it. It's a rap. You tell me it's a hit, I'll perform it. <laughs> <laughs> and just... I was just so excited to see her and she was looked so beautiful and felt so comfortable on stage in front of, you know, fans that like, you know, she's... it's going. They're going to be with her forever. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the... Like, the, the way that it happens for pop stars is like when you get too old for the radio to be playing you. You get past your prime for what like mainstream America thinks a pop star should be. The gays whose lives you change are going to be with you till the fucking bitter end. For fucking ever. I mean, my I will never forget when my friend Libby came and visited me in LA. Yes. She, it, it was like kind of a mind blowing experience for her because like, I, you know, in where I grew up in Jersey, like I was, you know, the gay one of like a group of friends <laughs> yes. and girls and everything. And so they were always like, Oh, Matt's like the funny one, the funny one and the funny one. But like, she's never seen me in a group of other gay men. And, yes. and she, I think she realized like, wait, they're all a funny. <laughs> like they're all like this and B, like she was, we were literally sitting at a table with probably like, I don't know, 10 of us. Yes. And we were all just like screaming, this is so Christina at the 2002 VMAs or this is so this and right. this year, this year. And Libby just go like, there was a moment of silence and Libby just goes, Oh my God, gays are like elephants. They never fucking forget. <laughs> and it's true. It's yeah. very true because it's like, I feel like I've seen a tweet that's like the, we have all been assigned one woman by like 12 to 15 years old that like you will serve for the rest of your life. And it's Mariah for me. And it just was so great to see her in this environment. She sang the rainbow interlude into a new rainbow dance mix that I don't think she's ever recorded. <laughs> I'm like, I've never, I've heard all of the B sides, the C sides. I've never heard this. So this is like newly created for pride. And she goes off stage. The rainbow dance mix is the end. People leave in droves. And like, we were like, not terribly far away, but like, it's a very flat park. So it was like, I was looking more at the screen than I did her. And like, I'd say like a good one third or half the people had already begun walking out because she was gone for like a good 15 minutes. And I was like, is she, she didn't do hero. It seems weird that she didn't do hero. I feel like we should stay around. But then she came back on stage. I was like, guys, turn around. <laughs> we, and we were so much closer than we were before. Oh. And she sang the shit out of hero. I mean, just, how angry are all those gays that bolted? I mean, if they really missed out. It, and it was just so great to look around and see all these people in their rainbow shirts. There were so many people wearing Mariah merch. It was mostly rainbow era, obviously. But it was just like, 
oh, I hope she could feel the love that we were giving her because the set list we received back from her was such a moment and I was so appreciative that she made it so specific for the events. Like it really could have been, I'm going to do my big hits. These are what the people all want to hear. But she was like, no, no, we're going to have it be like people were voguing around her in a circle. Yeah. Like it was like, we're making a specific show for all queer people in the world. Yeah, she's like, this isn't for the basic motherfuckers. Yes. These are not for the people who want to hear my music box. No shit. Like they who wants are, the dance mixes. They are, these are the people who want rainbow interludes. <laughs> yes. Like yes. they like they want the interludes. They want the remixes. And you know what she said before she sang? She said, "I almost was gonna sing the song before this song on the album. She was almost gonna do pedals into rainbow." Bitch! <laughs> I would have died. I know you would have been, but you would have been so mad if she had done it and you had not been there. You know, know. so it all worked out. I mean, I would have had video footage on, you online. But you would have. Still, I would have been like, yes. She also was like, this is the first time I've uh, performed the Rainbow Interlude. I was like, well, actually, you performed it on Rosie O'Donnell in 1999, <laughs> which she did. She did pedals into Rainbow Interlude. Good point. It was a good, good point. point of mine. Yeah. But the first you time. You are an elephant. You never forget. <laughs> I won't forget that. But she did only perform that remix the one night. I just have to say, it was really lovely to see her. I always enjoy seeing her and it's always good to see you, it's just Mariah. always good to see her and she did such a great job and I just am, I'm like proud and I feel like the performance was just what I wanted so I have no complaints tonight oh and also someone from two gay mats not from two gay mats but someone who listens to the podcast came up to me and was like you're not in a Mariah shirt I thought you and I was like I, you know I'm a fan I just had to wear this like it was a different look for today it was a different look for today. you had to yes. you needed an Instagram moment I did yeah. I, but I I was called out just so you know, someone out there has called me out for not being a big enough fan to wear a shirt. Well, but I was wearing a Mariah shirt that morning, well, if it helps. Oh, oh, sure, because you know everyone <laughs> sees what you wear in the morning. It's Listen, true. whoever is whoever that person was, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for calling this piece of shit out. <laughs> not a true lamb. I am a true, a true. And then someone else who didn't listen to the podcast was like, you're not a Mariah fan. What was number 16 on number one? So I was like, well, the first three tracks were the new ones. And he's like, okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, great. Wait, why the fuck would someone just uh, like attack you like that? Because they her- overheard this person say you're not not like representing Mariah or like being a fan. And so someone else was like, oh, I guess you're not a fan. I don't know. They just wanted to talk. <laughs> okay. They went to talk shit. That's they, what they did. And I was like, well, it opens with sweetheart goes I, into when you believe. Thank you. <laughs> there was something that you did say, uh, in years ago in 2013, when we started making oh, videos about, uh, uh, the fans of specific divas and everything yes. what it says about them. And you were just like, the lambs are more likely to turn on each other than Mariah. That and is this true. Is evidence. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it all happened the way it should have, and I was so happy to be there. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Oh, Matt Steele. Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the people? I don't think so. Happy Tony Sunday, guys. Yes, and happy Pride. Happy Mariah Pride, because <laughs> we are all proud that she's still slaying. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and watching. We'll be back next week with more 2 Game Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.